I'm Cinder Niemela, and along with Charlotte Gilmano, welcome to the Inspired Wisdom Podcast. I believe the most powerful gifts you can give yourself is time to reflect on your talents and experience, and then have the wisdom to act with confidence and grace. This podcast is for entrepreneurs, leaders, and individuals who want to thrive in work and life. Your journey to being connected and inspired by the world around you starts right now. Our guest today is Trisha Parsad. Trisha Mason Parsad is a curriculum designer and coach who specializes in developing high potential leaders. Over the past 20 years, Trisha has held senior leadership, coaching, and development positions in professional services, big four consulting, media, entertainment, IT, utilities, and banking. While Trisha enjoyed her 20-year journey as a leader, when the travel became too much, Trisha decided to go out on her own for the first time. Trisha is going to share with us today how she is transitioning from her corporate leadership role to being on her own, the challenges she has experienced, and how she is addressing these challenges. For those of you thinking about leaving a job to start your own business, or you want to jumpstart your business in 2018, you will be inspired to take action. I've included Trisha's full bio and other resources mentioned today in the show notes. Welcome, Trisha, to the show. Hi, Cinder. Nice to be with you today. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're so welcome. Fill in the gaps for us and tell us a little bit more about your area of expertise and a little bit about your personal life. I am married with two children, currently 12 and 10-year-old, and life is very full and active um, outside of the home in Cub Scouts and sports and robotics and everything else falling under the sun, including volunteer hours that both my children enjoy engaging in, contributing to the community. And again, I'm going to share a, a personal story. We moved to America when I was seven years old. My parents split and we moved um, very far from the Caribbean, my mom and her five children. And we moved away from a very comfortable life where my father was in politics and my grandfather was also in politics and one was one of the original parliament uh, members of St. Lucia. And when we moved here, I really learned what it was like to go from having a lot of convenience in life to learning what it was like to not have. And I remember at a very young age and being here at seven and seeing the struggle that we went through and the sacrifices that my mother made to raise us here and saying to myself that when I grow up, I didn't want to be poor. So Mm. everything for me drove to that. Mm. Everything I did Um, getting the great grades, um, contributing to my community, because that was just a part of, I think, my fabric of being in the type of family I was in, Um, you know, participating in sports. And I was in high school, very active. I was co-captain, then captain on the drill team. I was in student government and I ran for homecoming queen and won. I did everything to make myself Uh, you could say marketable, (laughs) to get into college. 
Patricia, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. That is such an inspiring story. And I can only imagine how difficult it must have been for your mother and your family to leave your home and come to the U.S. and start all over again. I can also understand how that experience has propelled you and motivated you in your own career. So I am curious, how did you make that decision to leave your job at Edison in the comfort of your leadership role and start your own company? Can you take us there? Sure. Well, it's been about a year and I decided to work on my own. I, after leaving Edison, I moved in, back into entertainment, kind of sandwiched myself. I started in entertainment and I ended in entertainment. Um, but the demands of the role that I had required a lot of travel. And so I opted out. I didn't want to be traveling as much. And so decided to go out on my own. And in the last year, I've worked with um, a key hospital. I've worked with um, universities California community colleges. I've really had an opportunity to work across industries, some entertainment work as well. I'm working with teams and departments and also doing some coaching um, at the universities, which was a first for me with some of their leaders and some of their executive MBA students as well. And so I've done a variety of work mm -hmm. and I enjoy working with groups of people quite a bit, as well as the one-on-one -on -one coaching component. I know that there are a lot of people who are listening who think about going out on their own after working for a large organization or a medium organization for a number of years. What were some of the challenges that you had when you first went out on your own? Very good question. I would say really understanding that business ebbs and flows and mm -hmm. that there are ups and downs in the first few years. Now, after talking to enough entrepreneurs out there who are able to tell me, you've got to give it at least two years to kind of find your groove and recognize that sometimes I'm just busier than other times. One of the key aspects I've learned is that I always need to have mentors in my life and I can never stop networking. And the two together really create the opportunity to continuously drive forward and not get stuck in whatever, especially the lower points when I'm not as busy, not get stuck in that, but really looked and lean into others to help guide me and recognize I don't know everything about anything in the process. It's quite humbling. <laughs> oh my God, I hear you there. So you have both um, mentors and uh, networking that keeps you relevant and engaged in your communities. Yeah. Um, you know, I actually have a course called Drive Your Career and mm. it was originally designed um, for a Leadership. It was a diversity and inclusion leadership conference that um, I was participating in and facilitating other workshops for. And you could say it married itself to um, a position that I also was interviewing for at the time. It didn't end up being the right role at the right time. Again, required a lot of extensive national travel. 
Um, but it gave me an opportunity to think about what people want. And in all my years of being in learning and development, I have actually never attended or been a part of or facilitated a course around how do you drive your career forward. And so in doing a lot of research, I saw how critical um, having a mentor, at least one, but several actually for different reasons, um, is a huge value add to personal and professional development. How great it is to be tied to and have a relationship with people who've already done what you want to do mm-hmm. and can guide and advise mm-hmm. because they help me avoid the stumbling blocks that they might have gone through. Now there's growth and failure, don't get me wrong, and I have failed and I get up and I keep going, but why not um, look to those who are doing something well enough? to be able to emulate and learn from. So I found very early that mentoring is a huge piece of development. Um, and mentors, my mentors also create, have created work for me. You know, in, in helping me just as a person, they've also referred me for opportunities. They've referred me to clients. Um, most of my work, my mentors have become a part of my network naturally. So the other piece I said was really important was the networking piece. Um, 80% of opportunities come from networking. So mm-hmm. I've learned very early and very uh, clearly that it isn't a matter of blind application for an opportunity. You truly do need to leverage your network. Mm-hmm. And so Although the older I get, the less I kind of want to network. Um, I'm kind of going into my shell as I get older. I push myself to continuously network. Um, I do enjoy people and I like people, but I like my me time and I like my downtime too. So it's plugging it in to my schedule Mm -hmm. and really saying, okay, who am I going to network with this week? Where can I create opportunity to do so? And being very genuine at the same time and sincere. I won't network with people that I really don't feel that I can connect with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, there's so much rich, richness in what you just said and really, really good advice. How easy or hard was it for you to find mentors and networking opportunities? It's funny because I didn't always seek that out. This course that I developed called Drive Your Career was only in the last few years, but I would say prior to that, um, mentors came into my life is how I would phrase this. Mm -hmm. Meaning I remember being chosen to lead a project and everyone knows it, bring our children to work day for an organization that I worked with. And I remember going me and everyone said it's a really difficult project because it's the whole organization and creating opportunities for children of different ages um, and, and making it not just something that they come to work and, and shadow their parent. And I remember thinking, how did I get chosen? And all along, I was being watched by someone, you could say, who was impressed with what they saw me doing um, in the organization and for the organization. And she naturally became a mentor for me mm-hmm. at that organization. And I've had it where I worked 
in professional services and my boss became my mentor because I would be able to say, I want to grow in XYZ area and I want to become a leader. And she, I remember her saying, okay, well, she was able to carve out a market for me where I was the point person for all things at the time, HR oriented, um, that I was able to lead all efforts related. So I think I've been fortunate enough to show up in a way where people adopt me <laughs> um, <laughs> as their mentee and it, it's naturally occurred. And then there've been other times like right now I have someone who I've, I've deemed mentor and she's been amazing because some of my work, probably half the work that I have at any given time is as a result of knowing her. Um, she will suggest things like I became part of the Harvard McLean Hospital Institute of Coaching this year. And it's because of the mentor I have in my life to connect me to such an organization. I didn't even know it existed, but I've learned so much. Each time we have a roundtable, there's someone coming in to speak to the group and there's so much development in that. And again, more opportunity to network. Um, this mentor also tied me to one of the universities I currently work with and their executive MBA program and being one of the key coaches for that program. So I've seen the fruits of the labor of having a strong mentoring relationship where ultimately the bottom line for whether it be mentoring or coaching or networking is that people have to like you. Mm -hmm. And when people like you and they see your abilities, they want to help you naturally. Mm -hmm. And so I think um, that emotional intelligence piece does come mm -hmm. into play um, because if you aren't liked, you can be as talented as the next person, but people are less likely to want to help you because if it's too challenging to work with you, a lot of people don't want to go through those hurdles. Yeah. So I've learned how to be amiable. And I think that's just my personality, but knowing when to push and when to pull is important. So understanding to some degree um, when and how is important in, as, a, as a developing individual as well. Mm, that's wonderful. So many great nuggets in that. And when you say, you know, showing up, just showing up in your life, and I think mm -hmm. what you're not saying, but what I heard in your earlier story is that, that you show up in a way where you are trustworthy, if you will, that you're, you're following through on your promises or your commitments to people, whether it's, um, you know, in coaching or whether it's in group and in creating these leadership development programs and really showing up fully, being fully engaged and people notice that. Yeah, they do notice that and they notice how I show up and how do I engage with the work, not just the work, but how do I engage with the people? Because mm. the nature of the work I do typically requires working with others, whether mm. it's client stakeholders, other executives in the organization, other learning and development or OD professionals, and then um, the talent, the people who are participating in, whether it be a course or a program, um, or a coaching client. So it's, it's all of that how I show up piece coming mm -hmm. into play together and recognizing I've learned very, very much that people are watching even when I don't 
realize it. I've been referred for opportunities over the years by people I hardly knew that in passing might chat with, mm -hmm. but never necessarily even went to lunch with. And strangely enough, they're um, referring me for some really good leadership opportunities in organizations. So I've learned that you never know who's watching, when they're watching, and what they're perceiving. Um, in my case, thankfully, it's been positive so far. Well, that's awesome. I like this vision of task and people and being able to balance that. And it's, it's a visual that I often use with leaders in organizations who are frustrated. Mm -hmm. And I, I ask them, you know, where, where are you in balance or where are you primarily focused, pushing too hard maybe? You gave a really good description of that of, yeah, the task is important, but so are the people and so are the relationships mm -hmm. and being able to know when to push or pull. Actually, following up to that, what's the greatest lesson sure. you've learned in either developing or directing your own career? Um, ooh. Uh, I think, and I don't think I've mastered it, but I think some of the greatest lessons I've learned is really trying to manage and participate in and navigate through the politics in an organization mm -hmm. and understanding who's who, who has influence, what level of influence they have, how to interact with and engage with those particular individuals while still being true to who I am, understanding that there are consequences and impact to potentially challenging someone in power, um, and learning from each of those experiences that I've had. Mm, yes, I, I, would, I would agree with you there. <laughs> <laughs> What's one thing you know now that you wish you knew before uh, going out on your own? Um, that it was going to take a longer time than I wanted it to take <laughs> to fully establish a level of consistent work. I find that there are times where I'm really busy and I'm working on multiple client engagements and then there are lulls. Um, and and the critical importance of connecting and networking and continuing to make that a part of my weekly task list is being in touch with connecting, having lunch, having coffee, reaching out. Um, and it's, people think I'm naturally social and I am on some level, but when it becomes work, <laughs> I'm less social because it's not as natural for me. So it pushed me in ways to, to really help me understand the full scope of owning my own business, what it means, and how elements of what, when I'm internal, is taken care of by someone else now becomes my onus to carry. Mm, yes. What's the, in terms of the aha moment, as we begin to wrap up this, this really um, interesting conversation, what's one thing you wish you knew before you started your business? Oh, I mentioned earlier, it, it's basically, I wish I knew that there would be ups and downs, that the moment where I have all these clients and I'm so busy and I feel so engaged that all engagements come to an end. Um, and so the importance of continuing to network and continuing to remain connected to 
mentors and continuing in some cases i've had coaching from peers of mine where i'm struggling and i'm humble enough and self-aware enough to go okay i'm struggling right now and tapping into a peer to say i need coaching on this particular issue mm -hmm. um and leaning in to them mm -hmm. and recognizing that um in becoming an entrepreneur we want to lean in to others and, and even in becoming just a better professional at whatever it is we're doing, we want to lean in. Trying to do everything on our own isn't going to get us to where we want um, as fast or as effectively as we think. It's not to say it won't happen. It definitely can. It certainly can. Um, but it is a different path that will take longer um, and you will stumble and fail a lot more. So I've really learned to lean in more to others. Oh, that's awesome. And I, I think that's, you know, that's um, a big portion of our audience are people who have been in professional careers for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, even more, and mm -hmm. are entering the entrepreneurial space for the first time, uh, or looking at that choice of whether or not to, um, to continue in the path that they're on with a different company or with the same company or mm -hmm. go off on their own. Mm -hmm. So this is so helpful. Staying focused as a independent versus, you know, being an internal employee can be difficult. What habits, <laughs> <or> mantra, <laughs> what habits or mantra do you have that helps you focus and stay inspired every day? Um, I try to decide what I want to accomplish for the week um, early in the week. Like right now I have a little post-it note at my desk with just two things that I want to accomplish today. And if I can accomplish these two things today, I'm going to feel successful because I know that in the process of my day, other things come up, especially if I read emails, then I know there's going to be something to sidetrack me. Or I am a member of ATD, I'm a member of the IOC, I'm a member of ICF. There may be webinars. I was on a webinar today around retaining top talent, and it was so informative. So I try to keep my learning going um, on a daily basis where I can. And then I just put up two to three things I want to accomplish for the day. I don't always accomplish all of them, but at least they're top of mind when I'm sitting at my desk to help me remain very focused on what I need to be doing. Mm, that's great. Yes. Thank God for post-it notes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so for the person who's about to go out on their own or who has just left a corporate situation and mm -hmm. gone out on their own, what is the most important advice you have for them? Um, uh, I have a mentor. I have a few mentors, but I have one mentor in particular who runs her own business and she's very established and she's been instrumental in my development as a consultant and connecting me to potential work opportunities. So I would say find someone who's already doing what you want to be doing, um, connect with them on a level where it's interpersonal and you are able to build that relationship where that person can become a mentor, informal or formal. Mine is informal, but it's in many ways become formal. And ask them to show you the ropes and rise to the challenges. My mentor asked me to be a mentor to someone else in a, 
a nonprofit organization she's heavily involved with. And the first year I didn't feel ready and I declined. She asked me again the second year and I knew it was time. And it has been one of the most rewarding experiences for me because as I learn and grow, I'm able to contribute to someone else who is learning and growing and we're, you could say, you know, passing it on. Mm-hmm. And um, that concept of each one teach one becomes very real and applicable in that situation. Um, and so she's able to, she's been able to connect me to different resources, to different people, to even an organization. I'm part of the Harvard Institute of Coaching, Harvard McLean Hospital Institute of Coaching, where we have roundtables every two months and we learn from speakers and I've participated in the host committee to, you know, do the design of what the roundtable is going to cover and how we're going to manage it. And it's just been like a way to stay connected to a community not feel completely isolated as a consultant at home and a way to build new relationships. Out of that came a mastermind group where we share a lot of information with each other because we're all consultants in the either L&D or OD field or we're coaches. And so I think it's important to find a mentor and find your community so that you aren't feeling alone in the process of um, taking off on your own journey and having your own business. Mm. Great advice. So we do wrap this up. What advice would you give to the people who are listening? To remember that you don't know everything about anything and that it's truly important to seek the assistance that you need for your personal and professional development. Um, That there are so many wonderful tools and best practices out there that you might not quite have heard of that might give you those aha moments to really fully drive forward in whatever it is that you're hoping to attain in life. Mm, that's awesome. That is so perfect. <laughs> it really, you, you are just so awesome. I love oh, talking thank to you. you. Love talking to you. And um, I really, really appreciate all that you've shared. And you've shared so much about the kind of work that you're doing and the tools that you're using. We didn't have a lot of time to talk about uh, Standout or any of these others, but I have a feeling that we'll invite you back again. Um, and for sure, we will include your, um, your LinkedIn and your bio and your picture in our show notes um, so that people can, um, can contact you. Is that okay? Absolutely. Yes. Thank Wonderful. you very much for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. Thank you, too. I'm Cinder Niemela, and you've been listening to the Inspired Wisdom Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We hope these conversations illuminate your path to your highest potential. For show notes and links to resources mentioned during today's episode, please go to inspiredwisdom.us. You can also follow Inspired Wisdom on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, design a fulfilling and prosperous life that engages your talents and passions.